Party and politics over principle, today on The Grid. The Grid, a digital frontier of freedom. It's our platform where we talk about faith, politics, and commerce, where we analyze current events from biblical and common sense perspectives. I'm so glad you knocked. The door is open and we have answered. Come on in and welcome to The Grid. Welcome, believers, family, friends, neighbors. I'm Chris Kuhlman. I'm the CEO and founder of the Kingdom Patriot Group, and welcome to The Grid, our flagship podcast production. And a special shout out to my son, JD, as he faithfully serves our country through the Coast Guard and really all military as I drink from my Coast Guard mug. Ah, thank you so much. Appreciate that. Before we get to today's topic, let's jump in to this week's news and review. So there's a lot of stories in the news this week. And as I'm reading here, Republicans are opening a probe into the Biden's energy secretary for um, this whole EV trip, this electrical vehicle trip that she was on. What I find interesting about this, we're really talking about Jennifer Granholm and our energy secretary. And she was doing this tour for, it was really for photo op and sound bites, but she went to an electric vehicle charging station and she blocked it with a non-electric vehicle. Yes, we're talking about a gas-powered vehicle. And she blocked it and people were waiting in line and they were really ticked off. They didn't know who she was. So what they do, they called the police and the police came out and got involved. It was a total mess. It reminds me of uh, rules for thee, not for me. But now Congress has opened up an investigation into this little sideshow road trip. But I honestly have to say, is this really worth their time? What, what are they actually investigating? Are they investing that Granholm is a complete moron and a hypocrite? Okay, just save us the tax dollars. Where do you know that? No investigation needed. Also, um, apparently Biden's 2024 campaign team, I really shouldn't say that, really his whole administration is on a mission to stop him, not stop his policies, not stop him from doing weird things. No, 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 to stop him from falling. That's right to stop him from falling. Well, apparently there was a diagnosis that the media has not been a forthright, the media has not been reporting on, and it's called significant spinal arthritis. And so apparently this creates a lot of pain for him, a lot of problems, difficulty moving. He's getting physical therapy every week for this. And it's become such an issue that his staff, are, for instance, are saying, well, we've got to go into Air Force One with a lower ladder to the lower level, then take an elevator up. All these different things they're trying to do just to keep him from falling down. This man is so feeble. There's no doubt about it. And I just can't believe that this is the leader of the free world. We'll talk a little bit more about that uh, later. There's also some news about all of these transgender notification policies that are appearing in school districts, we'll continue to report on these, but it really comes down to this. It has created a massive amount of distrust between parents, teachers, and even advocates. Because basically what these policies say is that when a kid wants to transition or wants to do something different, that no one can know. They can't tell the parents. They're barred from telling parents by rule, regulation, or policy. It's just, it's just crazy. Um, also saw that Pelosi is, uh, Nancy Pelosi is part of a growing list of Democrats that are finally calling for Menendez to resign after his bribery indictment. Uh, we'll talk a little bit more about that later as well. Also saw this, this really caught my eye. Did you know Gavin Newsom has close ties to Hunter Biden? Yes, this, uh, 
this self-proclaimed heir apparent in politics, Gavin Newsom, the the czar of California. Um, apparently, he has all these back channel emails with Hunter Biden and the Biden family, and they they go to meetings together and fundraisers together. They do fun things together. The ties here are a little bit concerning. Now, I'm guessing he's trying to distance himself now based on what's happened with Hunter, but just thought people would find that interesting. Also, in another crazy story, Biden's approval ratings are sinking like a millstone. I mean, they just are. His approval ratings are sub 35%, depending on which poll you look at. Well, one of the challenges of that is he still has not gotten the endorsement of the UAW, the United Auto Workers Union. And that's pretty interesting because they pretty much have endorsed every Democratic president in our lifetime. So what does President Biden do? Well, he goes to Michigan this past Tuesday and actually walks the picket line, I believe for 13 minutes is what I heard, with the striking auto workers. He describes himself as the most pro-union president ever. But again, he still doesn't have their endorsement. And so what's astonishing about this to me, it's one thing for the federal government to support federal unions. And what I mean by that is when you have workers, federal employees that are part of a union, and then the administration supports them. I don't like it. I don't think it's fair, but at least I understand that. But this is something totally different. The United Auto Workers, these are not federal employees. This is the private sector. And literally Biden is saying that the full federal government, the full power and arm of the federal government is behind you. And we are against this business. So what is the United Auto Workers asking for? They're asking for more than a 30% increase, more than a 30% pay increase for their workers and for the work week to be reduced to 32 hours. Hey, I like those parameters. Let's all do that. But just go with me for a moment. I want you to see how this plays out. The government supports the union and the union to some degree is going to get these concessions. The economy tanks because it already is. The automakers are going to go bankrupt. So what happens? The government subsidizes the automakers. The unions strike again and the vicious cycle continues. And who gets nailed to the wall? The American taxpayer. You are the one that takes this that takes it on the chin. Okay, switching gears, AI. AI is everywhere. It's in healthcare. I mean, artificial intelligence is being talked about all the time. Well, this was a really interesting story because often I think of what happens overseas is only a few short weeks, months, or years before it makes it back here to the States. And we see this in the story from Andrew Napolitano. He's a frequent Fox News contributor. He's also a former uh, New Jersey Superior Court judge. Well, he told Newsmax that there's this bill in the United Kingdom, it's called the House of Lords Bill 164, that literally gives artificial intelligence the ability to regulate speech. In fact, he goes on to say it's actually worse than it appears. It was put together by the Conservative Party, which is crazy, and it is supported by a conservative prime minister. He pointed out that this bill actually allows the artificial intelligence software and the bureaucrats who often are controlling AI to decide what kind of speech is permissible or dangerous in the country. And what it does is it forces social media platforms to act upon their determination. So if if they determine that a speech is inappropriate on a social media platform and the platform does not take it down in a timely manner, there's an 18 million pound fine. That's 15 million in US dollars. He, he cited that you know this bill is for all of these platforms that, that won't comply. And his biggest caution, which is what I just said, 
is that the progressives and Democrats of the United States are going to look at this and say, well, this is a roadmap of what we can do in the U.S. We've got to stop all this false information about, let's say, Hillary Clinton's email or Joe Biden's health or COVID alternatives or COVID vaccines. These are all inappropriate, so we've got to shut them down. Anyway, as we see all this, very, very, very concerning. Why? Because it impacts truth. Again, we'll talk about that a little bit later, too. Also on Friday, we learned that longtime California Senator Democrat Dianne Feinstein passed away at 90 years of age. She has had multiple health issues over the recent years. We're also going to talk about that. That's going to impact uh, today's topic as well. Folks, for this week's News and Review, that's a wrap. Now, I promise we are getting close to bringing in today's topic. But first, before we do, a quick word from our sponsor, Red Balloon. Let's say hello to our friend at Red Balloon, Andrew Krapuschatz. If you're a business owner, then you know hiring quality team members is a real challenge, and a bad hire can destroy workplace culture and cost you tens of thousands of dollars to unwind. That's why we use Red Balloon. They specialize in connecting job seekers and employers with aligned values without all of that woke nonsense. Over 15,000 job seekers visit redballoon.work every week looking for businesses that won't force them to pledge allegiance to a bunch of liberal policies. Every job seeker on Red Balloon pledges to pursue excellence in their work, create success for themselves and their employer, and avoid bringing personal political agendas into the workplace. At redballoon.work, learn about the packages for entrepreneurs, small businesses, larger enterprise businesses, and even a recruiter service to help you find your people. Finding the right people can make or break your company's future. Check out redballoon.work today. Now to today's topic, President Richard Nixon. I want you to introduce you to him. And no, he was not impeached. We're not talking about impeachment, but we are going to talk about why he was not impeached. Why? Because both parties were going to crucify him for his behavior related to Watergate. And rather than face a situation where his presence would not allow the successful relationships needed in Congress to effectively govern, what did he do? He resigned. Now, I'm not a, a Nixon fan at all. I believe he was a crook. But in this case, he did put the country before politics and his party. His party put the country before politics because Republicans would have impeached him as well. Now, I'm trying to think of another time where principle was placed above politics and above the party. I'm having a very difficult time finding any in recent memory. So let's look at some individual cases that might be fresh on your mind. Diane Feinstein, we just talked about. She passed away, report on Friday. Did you know that on Wednesday she still voted? This wasn't some woman who got run over a car at the drop of a hat. She has had in-stage dementia and Alzheimer's, according to some, for several years, has major memory problems. For the last several years, she wasn't even managing her own finances. There were custodians that were doing that for her. Folks, she was in no way fit, mentally or physically, to govern our country. Yet, she wasn't removed from office. Her staff protected her. Her staff basically were running her seat. Isn't that comforting to know that her staff were literally doing her work? Unelected staff? Unknown staff? That's a scary thought. Maybe more on that later. Okay, so let's get to Bob Menendez, who I refer to as Bribery Bob. That would be Bob Menendez of the U.S. Senate. This guy is more crooked than a wizard's cane. 
He has been in and out of trouble for years due to all kinds of allegations around bribery. Now it seems that some of this has finally stuck and he's been indicted. And at first, the Democrats came to his rescue, promising that we should let the facts play out. In fact, it's so bad that even some Democrats now are actually finally calling for him to resign, but only after they had no choice. When in doubt, they circle the wagons. We must always protect our own before the good of the country. Worse, for the good of the country, Bob Menendez should resign. But what does he do instead? He gets completely defiant. He's going to fight this tooth and nail, and he said there's no way he's going to resign. Why? Because his personal gain is way more important to him than the good of the country, the integrity of sin, or even the ability to serve and govern. Personal gain always trumps. Well, let's look at a Republican. Let's look at Mitch McConnell. This guy is not exactly a spring chicken either. You should listen to some of Ted Cruz's comments on his podcast, The Verdict, where he talks about McConnell's ironclad control of the Senate. But more pointedly, his own seat as minority leader, McConnell will not support the campaigns of other senators if they don't support him as their leader first. Ted Cruz mentioned that not one time has there ever been a single dime that has come from the Republican Senate campaign re-election committee. They have all these millions of dollars. He hasn't received a single dime from McConnell over the years that he's been in the Senate. And McConnell even takes it a step further. He places his personal gain even over the party and definitely over the good of the country. The best thing that could happen to this country is for Christian conservatives who are beholden to traditional Judeo-Christian values are governing, pure and simple. Well, let's talk about President Trump, because I'm sure somebody would want me to bring that up. It's a little different twist, but I've seen over and over ardent Trump supporters who overlook every negative thing about Trump because they believe he's been called by the Lord to be a bull in the China shop. And by the way, I actually agree with that, certainly in his last administration. But, and it's a big but, I'm willing to admit that he has serious personal flaws. But I also concede that what he did for our country and what he could do for our country, again, is much better than any alternative that the liberals can come up with. Yet in Washington, all parties have united to stop him. He cannot be part of the political discourse in any way, they say. And why? Because he's dangerous. In fact, it reminds me of a Top Gun quote where Tom Cruise says to Iceman, that's right, Iceman, I am dangerous. Well, Maverick was his call sign, and Trump did live up to the Maverick name in his first term. But on the other side of the coin, Trump was also probably the recipient of the most partisan, the most brazen example of party and politics over principle. When he was indicted for January 6th, this was the left's opportunity to crucify him. It didn't matter that he wasn't responsible. It just didn't matter. The left committees were committed to taking him down and ensuring that he never rose again. Totally political hacks. Okay, how about somebody who was in the current administration until recently, Sam Brinton? Now, you may not know that name, but he was involved in nuclear energy. He was actually recently fired, and you may not remember this crazy dude. He's total, totally whacked out. He was a non-binary individual in this administration who really didn't know anything about his job, but he checked the appropriate social box. He stole luggage at airports on multiple occasions. Let me say that again. He stole luggage that wasn't his. And finally, the White House had no choice but to fire him once he was actually indicted. But they defended him for quite some time. And why? Because the principles really didn't matter. The principle of having honesty and integrity in the White House really didn't matter. What mattered was is that he was non-binary and they needed him in the White House to fulfill their quota. Party politics over principle. Okay, let's just keep going. What about John Fetterman? I think I'll call him Sweatshirt John. 
since he apparently cannot wear a suit, cannot find a suit, maybe he doesn't own a suit to wear in the Senate, which, by the way, is the appropriate attire in the Senate. In fact, Chuck Schumer changed the dress code in the Senate just to accommodate Fetterman. But there was such an uproar. Well, how is this related? Well, because in principle, the, the Senate has a dress code, and they should have told Fetterman, uh, no, this is what it is. You've got to dress appropriately, just like you would if you were going to school, just like you were would if you were going to work, just like you would in any other institution that likely has a dress code. But nah, that wasn't the case. But instead, Schumer said, nah, we can just change it. But then he had almost immediately reverse uh, when the outrage really reached a fever pitch. But there's more to Fetterman. It's not just his dress code. This guy had a massive stroke before the campaign last year. And if not for such a weak candidate in Mehmet Oz, the conservatives would have an additional seat in the Senate, very likely. But this guy, because of that stroke, he cannot put two sentences together. He's not fit to govern. But he's allowed to anyway, party over principle. Because he's a Democrat liberal, we must protect the seat at all costs, regardless of the pain to him individually or to the country as a whole. And of course, no conversation about being unfit for office would be complete without a discussion of our current president, Joe Biden, and the Biden crime family. As we mentioned earlier, his staff is working overtime to try and find ways for him to not just fall down. Have you seen him lately? At least now I understand the spinal arthritis point. At least that's an explanation. But he is so physically unfit and intellectually and mentally unfit for office. It's crazy. We reported last week that he doesn't even know where he is half the time. He speaks to the Hispanic caucus, but he references the Black caucus. He talks about taking naps in press conferences with foreign leaders. He has to be led off stage because he doesn't know where to go. He references places as if he were there yesterday when he's never been at all in his life. This is crazy. It is so brazen. This guy is going to be in assisted living soon, I'm, I'm telling you. Yet, there are two examples in all of this that show that party and politics rule over principle. If the Democrats were principled, they would not allow him to run again. They would not allow him to run again for the goodness of the country. For goodness sake, they would not do this. But second, and this is one that we don't always talk about as much, the press are choosing party and politics over principle because they would highlight all of these issues and all of this unfitness that he is. Yet the press is protecting him as well. Unbelievably so. And why? Because the, he checks all the boxes of the social agenda. And above all else, that must be protected, even to the detriment of our country. Truth and justice have taken a backseat to politics, folks. It absolutely drives me nuts. Okay, I see shared videos every day of one-year-old Johnny falling asleep with his face in his birthday cake. If you can share that video, surely you can share the grid with your friends and neighbors. Post it on Facebook, like it on YouTube, share it on Twitter, email it, text it. And for goodness sake, hit that like button and give us a five-star rating when you listen. Thank you for joining the fight for faith and freedom. So when we look at faith, how does scripture solve this issue? How does scripture guide us? How does scripture call us to action? Well, I'm glad you asked. And the first thing that comes to mind is in Philippians chapter 2, verses 3 and 4. I'm going to read that to you real quick. 
Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. Then that passage goes on to talk about Jesus and how he didn't rely on his nature as God, but rather humbled himself, humbled himself to humanity to the point of death on a cross. And folks, that just might be the defining description that really guides our conversation today. That's humility. In all of these examples I shared above, where is the humility? I see none. I see arrogance. I see desperation to hold on to power. I see selfishness, but humility is nowhere to be found. The other thing that I see that has to do with truth, and this is where I believe scripture really wants us to run and embrace and hide it in this place, is in the, in the truth of God's word. And we see it in three different passages in John, and I want you to just follow with me on this. These are three things that Jesus said. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father but through me. He also says, you shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. And then he also, Jesus continues, and if the Son sets you free, you are free indeed. But Jesus said, I am the way, the truth. I am truth. That's what Jesus said. So Jesus says, I am the truth. He's really saying, if you know me, then you know the truth because I am truth. And if you know me, I will set you free from all of this garbage. And when I set you free, you are truly free indeed. So I tell you all this because as, as we struggle with all of this, as we struggle with these, these lies, it's Jesus' truth that sets us free. And unfortunately, the politicians of today are really beholden to the scripture where the Bible talks about that you, your father is the devil and that he is the father of lies. When he speaks, he lies and he speaks his native language. Does that sound like the politicians of today, that when they speak, they lie, and when they do, they speak their native language? It's crazy, but it's true. And that's what we have to get away from. So I think the politics of, the, of these decisions are pretty obvious, of these issues, these examples. Protecting the power of your party is way more important than anything else. It's very distasteful, and quite frankly, it's nauseating. I would love for anyone to have open, honest political discourse where we can effectively debate foreign policy or taxes, tax policy, anything like that. But instead, our government has become a group of crony capitalists pretending to love the institution, but truly are just lovers of themselves. And speaking of capitalism and commerce, crony capitalism really does rule the day. When we think about crony capitalism, it's defined as a mutually beneficial relationship between lawmakers and agencies, aka the government, and businesses. You scratch my back, and I'll scratch yours. Line my pockets, and I will pass legislation that benefits your business. Ultimately, the commercial impact of this is monopolies, less choice for the consumer, higher costs for the consumer. It also leads to the government choosing winners and losers instead of letting the marketplace decide. We find government loans to fail the electrical vehicle battery companies, for example, millions of dollars to a single entity that ends up failing, and either the government bails them out or the loan doesn't get repaid, and the American consumer pays the price. The taxpayer pays the price. You pay the price. So as we wrap up today, I know all that can be pretty bleak and pretty negative, unless you know Jesus. Titus 2 gives us the encouragement today to live self-controlled, upright, and guided lives in this present age while we wait for the blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Hope in man 
is a failure. It will fail. It will leave you embittered at the injustice that you see and witness every day. But Jesus Christ is our eternal hope. Faith in Christ transcends all of these problems, all of these deceptions, all of these challenges, all of these lies. Why? Because he brings truth. And as we discussed earlier, Jesus is truth. And when you know the truth, when you come to the Father through him, that he will set you free. And when he sets you free, it is eternal and it's permanent. So we want to thank also today our sponsor, Red Balloon. Thanks, Andrew, for all the great work that you do. And thank you so much to our audience for listening to this episode of The Grid. Be sure to visit our website at kingdompatriot.us to join the movement of faith and freedom. Also, make sure you tell your friends, family, and neighbors about this podcast, The Grid. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and pretty much any other podcast player. Give us a five-star rating so we can broaden our reach. Your membership is appreciated. Your input is valued and your voice is needed. I'm Chris Coleman, and I am a Kingdom Patriot. Mm-hmm.